Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Dallas Greenaway continues our series, Peace and Pain, where we talk about pain in life and how Jesus is our source of true peace. Dallas talks about what true peace looks like this week, looking at Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7, and how we can rejoice and be thankful in the midst of our pain and anxiety. Dallas talks about how this peace doesn't remove the pain and the hard circumstances, but guards our hearts and minds in Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. We are in week four of this peace and pain series. We're doing this up here. Did anybody already go to first service? Anybody go downstairs for first service? Yeah, Matt Densky was down there. Was it awesome? So good. Amazing. Good deal. I'll have to tell him you guys said that. Um, you're amazing too, Missy. Thank you for being so sweet to my family. Uh, you've been really, really kind and we feel really loved by you. So yeah, I'm, it was not to get applause for Missy, but she does deserve it. Okay. She, she cleaned our toilet. I wasn't there, but she, she did it from what I heard and I'm very thankful for it. So this is awesome. I came home and Brittany was like, tell me about Missy coming over and spending time with her and baby. All right. Stop the clapping. All right, here we go. Uh, so we're, we're really grateful for you. And for all of you, so many of you have been so kind to us uh, since we've had a new baby. We've had, I can't remember if I told you guys this, but we've had food coming in every single, or every other day, like dinner. If we had food every day coming in, like we would have literally no place to put it. Um, and we've had food since baby came every other day. So that was um, the beginning of October, every other day until the end of November, which is like insane. And so we, we feel super loved right now, and a lot of you guys are, are the reason for that. Your gifts and um, just your kind words and prayers, it means a lot. So thank you so much. Uh, that's not what I intended to talk about to start this morning, but since Missy was loud and proud about Matt's sermon this morning. Um, so we're in week four of this series, Peace and Pain, and if you want to turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter four, that's where we're going to be for a few minutes this morning, uh, talking about specifically peace in the midst of pain, right? Um, before we get there, I kind of want to give you maybe even more of an update in my life, okay? Uh, I, I would really like to be good at fixing things, okay? But I am not. Uh, JJ kind of saw this firsthand. He knows what I'm about to talk about. But I'm, I'm not, I've never been super handy, okay? Some of you, like your dads, can fix anything in the house. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. That is not me, okay? I wish I could, uh, and YouTube has helped me, like, in some ways, but it's more likely than not that if something's broken at the house, like, I need to call my dad or my wife's dad or a friend to come over and fix it, right? So case in point is our dryer. Our dryer was broken, and uh, it was still spinning and doing that whole thing, but just wasn't heating up, right? Which is not good, because you need your dryer to heat so that it dries the clothes, right? He heats all the water out, however science works. I'm not a handyman. I'm not a scientist either, okay? Uh, so dryer's broken. I'm like looking it up on YouTube and feeling kind of cool because I'm learning things, right? And I go to the shop and don't sound like a complete idiot with the guy that I'm talking with, right? And so he, he gives me the, the uh, items that I need. I come back and, and try to fix the dryer, plug everything back up, uh, and I'm ready to go, ready to start it. And I push the start button, and all of a sudden... And the lights go off, right? Like, in an instant, something bad has just happened, okay? And little did I know, apparently dryers, there's a lot of electricity in there. And if things had gone really wrong, like, my hair would be even more sticking up than it is. And I may not even be here. I don't know. Like, apparently you can die from electric shocks, okay? So note to self. Uh, I got on the phone with my dad, and he's like, yeah, that, that could have been your life 
popping before your eyes, right? Um, so I opened the dryer back up, and there was a huge, like, busted thing in there and burn marks all over the place. And, uh, yeah, I probably did more damage on that dryer than I initially should have. I, I think I rewired things wrong. And, yep, I'm, I'm not a handyman. I'm not a fix-it dude. And so we ended up having $400 later to get a new dryer, right? And everything's, everything's good now. Uh, so that's an example I did not fix something. Let me give you, let me give you a, a praise report, though, okay? Yesterday, this is a true story. Yesterday, I'm sitting there uh, downstairs. We kind of have this comfy... Uh, chair that was my grandfather's, and it kind of swivels back and forth a little bit, right, side to side. And Brittany's upstairs. My wife's upstairs taking a nap. I'm, I'm down there with baby Samuel uh, right beside me, and so I'm making sure, you know, he stays content and, uh, and gets his nap time in. I've got my laptop on my lap, a cup of coffee um, that is to my right. Baby Samuel starts screaming, okay? He, people keep asking, like, how's it going? Are you getting any sleep? Yes, but Samuel, when he gets going, he's just like wailing, screeching, banshee-like baby, okay? And uh, it takes a lot of work to calm him down. So he starts one of those, and I go to put my laptop down, swivel my chair, and somehow in the midst of it, knock the coffee cup off. I had taken maybe three sips of that coffee. The rest of it ends up in the laptop, right? Boom, the whole thing goes black. This is not good, all right? It's not good to have any kind of liquid in there, and uh, maybe especially coffee, because your computer gets so caffeinated that it just explodes, right? Again, I don't know science, but sounds right to me. So I, I take the laptop. I'm like, all right, I got a crying baby and a messed up laptop, and it's my work laptop. It's God's laptop, okay? So that's not good. And so I take it. I turn it upside down. I, like, put it in the sink. Little did I know, I was apparently doing the right thing. You want to get all the water or whatever out of it, put it in the dryer. Uh, put it in the dryer. <laughs> That, man, if I had been thinking, that's, that's big brain Mr. Fix-It right there, Bob. Hey, guys, if you need Bob to fix something for you, don't ask him either, okay? Uh, he'll tell you to put your laptop in the dryer. Or the, and the microwave might have been better. I just, it might not be big enough. So I go and I calm Samuel down, and then where do I go to fix my laptop? YouTube, right? That's where I went to fix my dryer. It didn't work that time. Maybe better luck with the uh, laptop. So I find out that I actually did do the right thing, like turn it upside down, try to get all the liquid out of it. And uh, then I, I went to something which, to me, not to offend anybody, but to me it kind of sounds in the same way doTERRA cures everything, right? Like rice on your electronics kind of sounds like a doTERRA thing to me. And I believe I've experienced some, some benefits from doTERRA oil, okay, so I'm not knocking it all, but, uh, but it's like, what, really, you put that in your belly button, and all of a sudden, like, you're free of that disease or whatever, like, it just, it sounds so crazy until you experience it, right, and that was my experience with the rice, so I put it all over the laptop, and then I closed it and said a prayer for, like, 15 minutes, right, and then I'm like, all right, have your way, little rice pieces, and so we let it sit for the whole night, and I got up this morning and went downstairs, and Brittany w was already down there. She beat me, and she's like, there's a surprise for you in the kitchen. And I'm thinking, waffles, right? Like, <laughs> what are we, like, uh, special, special food? And so I go in there, and sure enough, the laptop is open. It's on. All the rice is gone, except for the few pieces that were, like, now inside of the laptop. So literally, I think if you shook my laptop right now, a few more rice pieces might come out. But it works. Like, I couldn't, I could not believe it. So... From dryer, no fix. I'm not helpful there. Apparently electronics, I'm still probably not helpful, but rice is, okay? So if you get water damage, use, use the rice. Um, the laptop and dryer are not the only things in my life, though, that need to be fixed, all right? I'm having some car troubles right now. 
Uh, I'm having uh, the, the light on our front door. We really need to get that fixed because it hasn't worked for a little bit. And it's not just the bulb. Okay, I know how to change a light bulb. Um, but I, I'd be willing to bet there's probably some things in your life that need fixing too, right? Uh, maybe if you're a gamer, you've gotten the red ring of death on your old Xbox 360, right? Maybe you've seen that before. Um, maybe you have something like it was a really precious uh, item in your room that somehow your little brother or sister knocked over and it smashed to the ground, right? And you wish you could go back and fix that thing. Um, maybe it's something like digging a little bit deeper, all right? Not to get too serious too quick, but maybe it's, maybe it's a relationship and there's something going on in your life, wh- whether it's between you and your parents or uh, you and a friend or you and a sibling, whoever it is, like things are just kind of rocky, right? And you're like, man, I wish that that could be fixed. I wish that there was a magic rice thing that I could do, right? And YouTube would, would help me figure that out. Maybe, maybe even digging deeper, maybe there's some things just going on in your heart right now and going on in your mind, some things that you cannot stop thinking about or some emotions that you cannot stop feeling, but you wish that you could. And, and maybe you've even said it like this, I wish that this could be fixed. Maybe you've even said it to God, like, God, can you fix this? Won't you fix this? Why won't you fix this? Have you ever asked God that? Why won't you, fi- why won't you just fix this? Why won't you just make it all better? Why won't you just, in the same way Jesus walked around and would just, like, just his touch would heal people. God, why don't you do that to me? Or why don't you do that for this situation in my life? Have you ever wondered that? See, sometimes I think that we look at Jesus and how he walked the earth, and we think that the way Jesus walked and it seemingly healed everyone he was around, we think that that's the way life is supposed to be for us today, especially if we're Christians, right? Especially if we're children of God, that, that God, who, who we know, can't, I'm not good at fixing things, but I definitely know that God is. In fact, I know some people would say he's fixed their car or fixed, like, kind of crazy, but they, they believe that. And maybe he has. I think he can. But we definitely know that God can, if he wants to, he can fix the anxiety. He can take that away. He can allow us to experience all the time. If he wanted to, he could let us experience peace no matter what the circumstance. If there's ever somebody who can fix it, I know that it's God, so why doesn't he? And the truth is, Maybe somebody told you wrong, or maybe when you were reading the Bible, you kind of read it with your own spin, but there's nowhere in the scriptures that tells us that while we are living here on earth, that God's just going to magically fix it all. In fact, you know, I said, seemingly Jesus went around just healing everybody. The reality is he didn't heal everybody. Some people, yeah, and we get to read about those, but... Oftentimes, he'd pass through a crowd and heal a few, but the rest of the people would remain asking this question, why didn't he fix me? See, I think God wants to do something in the middle of whatever that situation is, whatever you would fill in that blank with. God wants to do something in you and maybe even through you, and he's allowing those circumstances, those situations, those emotions to be a part of your life at least for a season. So how do you get through it? If God's not just going to magically fix it, if he's just not going to, hey, you wake up the next day and the rice has done its work, right? How, how do you possibly get through 
the stuff that we go through because we all do. In Philippians 4, the passage I told you to turn to, uh, the writer is a guy named Paul, right? Most of you, if you've been in church for any length of time, you've probably heard about this guy. And he's, he's writing from a specific place. He's writing this letter from a specific place. Does anybody remember? Well, okay, but he's writing. What's his situation right now? He's in jail, right? He's in jail. He's in, he's in prison. And if there was ever a time, if there was ever a place where you would feel a little anxious, right? Remember we said anxiety is where the uncontrollable and the unknowable, where those two things collide, where those two things intersect, that's, that's when anxiety tends to happen, right? You want to talk about unknowable and uncontrollable, like, hey, am I ever going to get out of this jail cell? Hey, am, is my next meal actually going to come? Like, are the guards actually going to feed me? Where, where in the world is God in this situation? Like, I was following God, and now I've ended up in prison. You want to talk about questioning God? You want to talk about anxiety and worry, the uncontrollable and the unknowable? What's the outcome of this going to be? God, right? I mean, definitely, you and I would be asking those questions, and I think Paul was as well in prison. And yet, it seems like Paul's tapped into something that I think we all could benefit from if we maybe, maybe started to look at life and our circumstances and what God's up to in a different way. Philippians chapter 4, we're going to read verses 4 through 7, all right? Let's see what Paul says. Kind of some crazy things, kind of some backwards things, probably some things that we're familiar with, but don't let these verses just simply pass you by, right? I think they're more of a deal than we realize. Verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, verse 7, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. How do we know that Paul has found uh, a different way? And what I would say is a better way. He's in prison. And this is one of the things that he writes to people who they, they were likely not in prison yet. They could be in the future. But at some point, they definitely were going to face anxieties and fears and worries in a similar way that Paul was. And yet he says in the middle of this, in the middle of prison, in the middle of jail, in the middle of not knowing what's to come and, and not knowing what God was doing, here's what he says, rejoice in the Lord. And he says it again, right? It's important. Remember we've said, if anything pops up in the Bible and it's repeated, it's super important. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Somehow in the middle of this terrible circumstance, right? None of us really want to be in jail. Some of you are like, you don't know my home, right? Or like school, uh, jail would be way better than school sometimes, right? Maybe you think that, but that's not true, okay? That's not true. I know, listen, I went to Hillcrest High. If you've ever driven past Hillcrest High, it looks like a jail, okay? There's no getting around that. But I promise you, you don't want to be in jail. There would be way more uh, anxieties and stresses, I think, going on in your mind. And yet Paul says from jail, hey, Somehow I still have joy. Find joy in God. I'll say it again. Find joy in him. How is he, how is he able to do that? Because you know you're out of jail, right? And you know some of the thoughts that creep up and tend to take over your life. 
You know the circumstances within your, your friend group or your home or your school, whatever it is, you, whatever you would fill that blank in, you know what causes you these thoughts and how trapped, maybe, maybe mentally imprisoned, you can feel at times. And yet Paul, who's physically in prison, somehow is able to say, I still find joy in God. How is he doing this? Verse 6, he says, do not be anxious about anything. <laughs> Easy for you to say, buddy. Actually, it wasn't. Remember, he's in jail. So how do you do this? How, do, how can you say these things? How can you say rejoice? How can you say do not be anxious about anything? I think here's where we start to get clued in a little bit. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your, be, let your requests be made known to God. As cheesy as it sounds, as simple as it sounds, as silly as it sounds, here's what Paul was tapping into that I don't think many of us actually do. We know it's the right answer on a test, but I'm convinced that most of us are not living it in the same way that Paul was. When you have anxieties, when you have fears, when you have worry, whatever is going on in your life, here's what Paul says, bring it to God. It's because of what we read in First Peter. He cares for us. It's because about what we're going to talk about in just a little bit, that he's actually right there with us in the middle of it. Whatever you're going through, bring it to God. Prayer, talking to God, and supplication. Does anybody remember what supplication is? You want to take a stab at it? Anybody? What? One hand? Are you waving your hand? What are you doing? I don't know. Okay. Supplication is request, right? Oh, say it. Okay, submitting to the Lord, submitting in the Lord. Yeah, kind of. It's, it's making a request. It's making an ask, right? It's saying, Lord, here's my needs. Here's what needs fixing. Will you fix it? Bring it to the Lord, saying, here's what's going on. So not just like, not just talking and saying, hey, God, how's your day, right? But supplication is actually asking, making a request to God. You know, not, not to pick on anybody, but this might sound familiar to a group, uh, a small group. I was in one of your small groups a few weeks ago, and we started going around the room, and, and the question on the table was, hey, what should we do when we're dealing with anxiety and fear and all these things that we're talking about? And everybody said, in some way, shape, or form, take it to God, right? Take it to God. And then I went around the room and said, so what do you guys do, or girls, it was a guy's group because I'm a guy. Uh, what, what do you guys do when you experience these things? And somebody said, you know, well, I, I talked to my parents about it. And I'm, man, that's a, pretty good, that's a pretty good answer. You can be open and honest with your, your thoughts and everything with your parents. That's awesome. Um, I, I go and I, I get away just in my room. It's just me in my room. And I kind of can clear my thoughts. And, and that's, a pr that's a pretty good answer, too. Like, I'd recommend doing that. Somebody said I can call a friend. Somebody said I journal. And, and we got all the way around the room, and here's what, what happened. And, and I think I live that way most of the time as well, right? Far more than I would want to admit. Nobody, everybody said the right answer when I said, what are we supposed to do with all of these things? Everybody said take them to God. But nobody said that they actually do. That's why I'm convinced that 95% of us know the right answer but at least 95% of us are not actually living it out. 
When is the last time that when you were dealing with your anxieties and your fears and maybe, maybe even some depression, like when is the last time that you actually took these things to God and said, Lord, here's what I'm dealing with. Like you cleared space, you made space, it was just you and God, and you really had a conversation with him about it. It's kind of easy for Paul, I guess. He was in prison. There's not much else going on, right? Like it's kind of just him and God to begin with. So maybe for us, it's got to be a little more intentional, but when's, when's the last time that you or I did it? Like, I've got to ask this question of myself as well. See, we, we real quick, like we know these. Some of you learned these when you were in elementary school, these verses, and yet most of us are not living them out. What if that started to change for you? What if you really started to, to actually go to God and not just say, oh yeah, I know I need to pray about that. I think things would start to change. And Paul doesn't just say, though, hey, pray and, and tell God what you need, like ask him, make some requests. But he, but he keeps going, and he actually talks about giving thanks, right? Coming up, it's the month of November. It's kind of the month of eating turkey and being really thankful for, you know, gaining some LBs. And, and Paul says here, like, hey, some of the things that you need to be talking to God about, some of the things that you need to be filling your mind with are actually the things that you're thankful for. We're trying, I think my wife was inspired by somebody who started doing this on Instagram or whatever, right? But maybe some of your families do the month of, of thankfulness, right? And so we've got this little uh, white box thing on our dining room table, and we're writing down the things that we're thankful for. Um, one thing a day from me and my wife and Owen, because he has enough words to be able to say something that he's thankful for. And so we're putting all the cards in there, and uh, you know our plan is to read them together on Thanksgiving or around that time, and just kind of celebrate like what uh, God is doing in our life and in our family. And um, here, I'll just let you know, I am I'm not the best parent in the world, okay? But there's times when my son says something and I'm like, maybe I am, right? So day one, it's November 1st, and, uh, and we're talking about, talking about this, kind of trying to tell Owen as much as his two-year-old brain can comprehend, like, this is what we're doing. And so we say, all right, buddy, you're going to go first. Uh, what are you thankful for? What was the first word out of his mouth? No. Better than that, guys. Jesus. Isn't that awesome? I know. That's like, okay, God, I clearly am the best dad in the world. Uh, but it was so sweet. I mean, me, literally, me and Brittany looked at each other, and we just started tearing up. I mean, you don't, like, you can't, you can't make that up. He's two, right? Like, what in the world is going on in his mind? So um, apparently, somewhere in there, he's thinking about Jesus. And man, I, could have, I got some stories to tell about my two-year-old. He's kind of inspiring my own faith, which is really fun. But um, so we're, we're, like, writing this all down. But I don't, I don't know if you've ever done that or if you've ever been at the dinner table or at the Thanksgiving table. And um, we did this one year with my family where everybody goes around and says something they're thankful for. And, you know, this is with not just my immediate family, but the extended family. And, you know, whenever you get the extended family together, like, you know, you love your extended family. But let's be honest, most of us have some pretty weird members in our extended family. And, uh, and a lot of times, like, things are not going well between one family member and another family member. So there's all kinds of stuff, like, junk that is around that table. You know that. Everybody in the family knows it. Um, but there's something powerful, like you can't quite explain it, where in for, for like at least five minutes, okay, even if everybody gets it out real quick, you're all focused not on the negative conversations, 
not on the negative things that everybody like wants to bring up or just has on their mind, but for just a few minutes, you're all focused on hearing, listening, and, and speaking about things that everybody is thankful for. And there's, there's a mindset shift that happens there, right? There's, there's something really good, really healthy about being, being thankful, being grateful, and I think that Paul, in some way, shape, or form, is trying to help us see, hey, you know all the other verses in the Scripture that talk about set your mind on things above, that talk about, hey, letting your mind be conformed to the mind of Christ. There's something about what we set our mind on and how it affects everything else. So Paul's saying, make your request to God. Talk with God. But also let part of your conversation be things that you are thankful for. I think that part of the antidote to anxiety and worry is thankfulness, is gratitude. You know, you can even say that the first sin in the garden, or at least one of them, was the sin of ungratefulness. Adam and Eve were not content with everything that the Lord had laid before them. And in a moment of thinking, I know better than God, this is actually going to satisfy me more than God realizes they went after it. I think all of us need to practice this in some way, shape, or form. So no matter whether you get a jar or what, but I, I would encourage you in the same way, hey, take those things to God, actually go to God and ask him maybe to make your heart a little bit more thankful. And then start telling him what you're thankful for. We all need this practice in our lives. So do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Here's, I think, what Paul is getting at. He's, he's ultimately getting at, yes, like, have conversation with God uh, because he cares for you, because he loves you, uh, because he wants to hear about these things, because he wants to intervene in your life, because he wants to cultivate these things in your heart. He wants to make you a more thankful person. He wants to do all these things in your life. But here's the reality is that in Paul's jail cell, he knew that he could rejoice that he could ask, maybe something we haven't even talked about. I think part of this is, hey, going to God and asking God to remind you of his promises. Remember, Paul didn't know the outcome of this jail sentence. He didn't know when it was going to end. He didn't, like the uncontrollable and the unknowable thing, he, he didn't have any idea. But he could go to God and God could remind him about the promises. Hey, you may not know what's going on, but you can trust that I'm working all things for your good and my glory. Hey, you may not know what's going on, but remember all the times throughout history and the times throughout your life when I've shown up and been faithful. You can trust that I'm going to do it again. You may feel completely exposed and unguarded, but remember that I am your fortress and your shield. All of these things, man, I think this is what Paul was experiencing in that jail cell. But all of these things, here's why he could experience them and experience them in such a real way, is because God wasn't just a far off, distant God outside of the jail cell somewhere, but actually God was, was with him. See, Paul starts talking about the peace of God. Hey, as you're, as you're leaning into these things, I think you're going to experience more of God's peace. And here's how he knows, and here's how we can know today, is because the Holy Spirit, God himself, lives with us right now. Jesus, in, in John chapter 14, it's right before he's going to go to the cross, and he starts to kind of try to explain this to his disciples. 
He says, hey, it's actually good that I leave, right? It's good that I go. Because after I leave, I'm sending the helper. And he kind of goes on to describe a little more. And not just the helper, but I'm actually going to give you my peace. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not, not peace like the world talks about peace, but actually peace in the form of a person. That's the Holy Spirit. See, at, at any moment, whether you're Paul, who's one of the most famous Christians of all time, or you're one of us who has put our trust in Jesus Christ, you can turn to God because he's right there with you. In the midst of whatever circumstance. He's right there with you to cry out to, to talk to, to tell him what you're thankful for. He's right there with you to access peace in the midst of any circumstance. I started thinking about it this week. How, what's like helpful illustration for me? Sometimes I have the mind of a middle schooler, right? And so here's kind of what I thought. Uh, do you guys know who Dwayne The Rock Johnson is? You know who he is? Um, he's quite a big man, right? Uh, in fact, Jordan, can you come stand up beside me? Because sometimes when I think of The Rock, I think of Jordan. Um, this is my friend, Jordan Gresscamp. He uh, is about the same size as me. Um, Jordan and me, we lived together in the same house in college, so I've known this guy for a while. And uh, he's big, right? Are you 6'6"? Six, six? Yeah, 6'6". Six, six. Six, six. How, how much do you weigh? 243. I can ask you that because you're not a lady. Um, so 243. The Rock, I think, is right around 6'6", somewhere around there, maybe a little bit shorter. And, but he's 300 pounds, okay? But you wouldn't think it. Like, Jordan, he's a big, like, muscular dude. The Rock is 300 pounds of, like, straight muscle, okay? Here's the thing. If I told you that The Rock is going to be your personal security guard at all times, right? At all times, Here's, here's something that I'm pretty sure of, at least in my life, I'm never fearing again, right? Like my safety, I'm, I'm, I'm good, right? The rock is there. We're not even going to talk about all of the like weapons that he would be armed with, okay? But just trust me, that dude can, he, he'd be able to kick anybody's cheese, okay? The rock can take anybody, I promise you. And if, if I knew like, hey, he's not going to be like right there in the room with me, but whenever I like in the middle of the night, wake up, I'm scared, rock, help, right? Like he's, he's in the room next door and he can come in there and he's going to help me, okay? He may not ride in my truck with me because if I'm being honest, like it'd be super uncomfortable for Jordan. Have you ridden with me in that truck? Back in North Greenville, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not good for somebody taller to get in. Uh, and so the rock would be uncomfortable. So like drive whatever fancy car you want, but like be right behind me. And whenever I need help, help rock, like he's there, right? Man, like I would feel so safe and secure, but it, here's the deal. It, it only works and it's kind of in his contract or whatever. Like he, he's kind of keeping tabs on me. He's keeping surveillance. He's, but he's just a human, but it only works when I yell for his help, right? And if there's a time when I need his help, but I never actually ask for it, then he doesn't know to, like, get in there. As cheesy as that sounds, maybe he's not a very good bodyguard. But I think that sometimes, uh, or I, I think that we need to maybe start thinking about the Holy Spirit a little more like that, as weird as it sounds. So most of us don't realize that, hey, we've got access at any moment, at any time, to the Holy Spirit. We've already talked about it. We don't live like it. But We do. So here's kind of the challenge for the week. Will you, will you recognize that this week? And then two, will you, will you start turning to him? 
Will you take your prayer requests? Will you talk about the things that you're thankful for? Will you ask him to be your peace in the midst of whatever you're going through in life? Paul experienced that in a very real way in the prison. And I truly believe that if we start living like this, we'll experience it in our own lives as well. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for the gift of yourself, the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you would open our eyes and help us to see a little bit more clearly that you are right there with us. God, how does that affect the things that we get anxious about, the things that we worry about, when we know that peace himself is with us everywhere we go and through everything that we go through? We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.